All right, folks. Welcome to Eurofolk Radio. Today is March 5th, 2023, and we're going to be continuing our series on the fallacy of millennialism. And we have a few announcements before we get started. But first of all, welcome, Michael. How are you doing today? Thank you, Eli. I'm doing very good here. And yeah. now the sun starts to shining. So you can sit outside. So it's, it's getting to the more the spring times now. So I hope we see the light in the tunnel now. It's also in the, oh. the spiritual world because it's it's really has ramped up. A lot of stuff is happening. Yeah. So this is a it's a good shine because then our yeah. adversary knows that the times is short. So they are trying to ramp up the stuff. Yeah, well, it's taken us 6,000 years to get from the beginning of the tunnel to the end of the tunnel, right? And we're finally beginning to see some light at the end of this tunnel of tribulation from the fall of Lucifer and the impregnation of Eve in the garden, etc., etc. 6,000 years or probably more of history that has afflicted our people, no doubt about it. Okay, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first of all, my book, The Great Impersonation, is available from www.moneytreepublishing.com, and you can go to that website and browse there for my book, and they have all kinds of, uh, how should I put it, anti-Talmudic publications <laughs> at that website, including uh, all kinds of uh, books about the attack on the USS Liberty and the true history of World War II, how the Jews created World War II, etc., etc. Okay, I mean, talk about truth, this hard-hitting truth at Money Tree Publishing. And Brother Ebert has his uh, 2023 solar calendar out. And if you want to get a copy, uh, you can send uh, a check for $25 to American National Publishing, ANP, uh, that's 900 Commerce Place, Box 1016, and that's Forsyth, Illinois, 62535. Again, that's ANP, 900 Commerce Place, Box 1016, Forsyth, Illinois, 62535. And uh, that will help support uh, our ministry here. And uh, Eurofolk Radio does need funds to keep operating and uh, I'm on a shoestring bu- uh, budget, and I'm, it's getting hard for me to bend over and tie my shoes <laughs> at, at the age of 77. Uh, I might have to hire somebody to trim my fingernails one of these days. I mean fingernails, <laughs> toenails <laughs> one of these days. But I'm still able to do that, folks, still able to do that. And uh, so life is hard, as everybody knows. Nothing is easy in this world. So uh, and now I do want to quickly play uh, a short clip here about what the heck's going on in Israel. And as we know, we've been reporting that the Jews are determined to build their so-called third temple. And they've actually begun, uh, they have a a mock-up, a model of what they want to do. And here is their promo uh, video and hopefully the audio will play for you. Uh, here we go. In place, work on a third temple proceeds, along with the creation of temple vessels and the preparation of the Levites and Kohanim, who are designated for temple service. 
despite the Muslim community's persistent efforts to refute the very existence of a historical connection between the modern Jewish state and ancient Judea, even oh, the smallest traces of the first... Now, that's interesting. They say there is a Jewish connection to Judea, but not to Judah. Isn't that interesting, Michael? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, they are not Judah. That's right. So it's interesting that they don't even make the claim. Let's hear a little bit more. And second holy temples are regularly covered or destroyed by the Jerusalem Islamic Authority, the Waqaf, in an effort to refute the Jewish claim to the Temple Mount. Since the Israeli government awarded the Waqaf sovereignty in 1967, the Waqaf has virtually prohibited Jews and Christians from worshipping on the Mount, and has occasionally even prohibited their entrance to it. This is done in coordination with the Israeli police. Jews pray every day. May it be your will that the temple be swiftly restored in our own time. Despite the fact that the Israeli government permits the police to enforce this unfair practice. Okay, so anyway, there is the sales pitch by the Jews for the third temple. Which, of course, there is no prophecy regarding that in, in Scripture whatsoever. This is Jewish prophecy from the Talmud, not biblical prophecy from the Bible. And, of course, the average Judeo-Christian has no inkling that the Jewish worldview is not the same as the worldview of Moses. It's In fact, it's the exact opposite. So, But they have the entire planet hoodwinked, believing that they are the Israel of the Bible. So, folks, don't be fooled. This is yet just another Jewish trick to to get you to worship them instead of your Lord and Savior, Yahshua Messiah. That's all this is about. Your comment, Michael. No, I mean, that's, uh, and then also as, you, as you're pointing out that um, this is um, Jewish prophecy from the Talmud and it can, it can be true. Maybe they try to make it true. They try to make it so they seem that they have that is their God, Lucifer, if you feel it, but I, I'm doubtful that he can, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting they would say ancient Judea and not Judah. You know, again, you know, it points out the fact you probably have seen the headline and the photograph, uh, the newspaper headline with uh, Samuel Untermeyer in 1933 in... New York City, I think it was uh, Madison Square Garden, where it was a Jewish rally held in at the facility, and he held up a newspaper which stated, the headline read, Judea declares war on Germany. This is 1933, Ah. okay? So the Jews did not even uh, attempt to call their new state their planned new state, Israel, until the very last moment, the, the day before they, they were supposed to proclaim the Jewish state, they were going to call it Judea. <laughs> That's what they were going to call it. But then, uh, I forget who the prime minister was. Uh, uh, it was actually a Buddhist who uh, was the head of that organization at the time. 
he at the last minute he decided, well, no, we better change it from Judea to Israel in order to to fool Little Red Riding Hood, <laughs> right? So Little Red Riding Hood can't know that they're not Israelites. They must be fooled into believing they're Israelites. So at the very last moment, folks, this is documented history, the Jews changed the name from Judea to Israel, okay? So, I mean, talk about fakitude, and that's what the Jews are best at. Yeah, Tranny Hooker Priest of Moloch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nimble Horse, yeah. So, Folks, this is the reality. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, and as I think also that yours pointed out, I mean, this is not to say they have started to build a temple. They are just doing a, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. some kind of Jewish ceremony for it. So they haven't started to build it yet. No, and they haven't. Will, yeah. Yeah. And we can also point out, I think, maybe that uh, in the Bible, there is not a thing that it should be re-erected one third time. So this is heresy. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah, what they are best at. Yeah, there's nothing about uh, the Israelites building a third temple anywhere in Scripture. This is a Jewish propaganda because they must pretend that they are Israel to, to fool the world into following them, right? Just like in Genesis 12, 3, 12, 2 and 3, where they claim that you know the blessings given to Abraham and his descendants are exclusively about Jews when the Jews aren't even mentioned in those verses, right? <laughs> because if if the claim is true that they're descended from Judah, which they are not, then that came what, two or three generations later, okay? And uh, the, the Jews aren't even mentioned in, in those prophetic verses, okay? And those are actually prophecies of all of Abraham's descendants through his three wives, Hagar, Sarah, and Keturah. And those descendants are a number in the millions, if not the billions. Okay? That that leaves the Jews out who are a very, very small group of people, always have been a minority. They have to be a minority in order to keep their secrets. (laughs) Right? If they have too many Jews, then there's too many Jews blabbing their secrets. So they have to put a lid on that. Okay? So that's the reality. All right, so uh, I want to start off with uh, reading this uh, other document here of uh, not how Judaism, oh, I, I sent it to you in the, uh, our Skype chat, and I seem to have lost it on the, uh, wait a minute, what's this? Here it is. What is the first resurrection, and what is yeah. the second re- resurrection? And... Uh, It's very, very brief, so I'll just read through it really quickly. And Daniel 12, 2 summarizes the two very different fates facing mankind. Quote, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, unquote. And this is uh, recapitulated by Yahshua Messiah in John chapter 10 and John chapter 15, where he says, even speaking of Israelites, we will all be resurrected at the judgment day, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting uh, judgment. <laughs> okay, so so he is basically restating the words of Daniel 12 too. Continuing here, everyone will be raised from the dead, but not everyone will share the same destiny. The New Testament reveals the further detail of a separate resurrection for the just and the unjust. Revelation 24 through 6, which we're going to be talking about 
today mentions a first resurrection. It identifies those involved as blessed and holy. The second death, the lake of fire, Revelation 20.14, has no power over these individuals. The first resurrection, then, is the raising of all, he uses the word believers, and that's the raising of all the righteous Israelites. It corresponds with Jesus' teaching of the resurrection of the just, Luke 14.14, and the resurrection of life, John 5.29. The first resurrection takes place in various stages, which I agree with, because uh, when Pastor Martin and I talked about the wave sheaf ritual that uh, we're supposed to perform as Israelites, that's on coming on the heels of Yahshua's resurrection. And in Matthew chapter 26 or 20, 26 through 28, the spirits of the... Uh, dead Israelites come back to life and inform the living Israelites in Judea, in Judah, that uh, the Messiah has come and gone and he's resurrected and sitteth at the right hand of the Father. Okay, So these, these Israelites became informed of this fact by their fellow Israelites coming back to life. So that's the first stage of the true believers of Israel. And then uh, I believe also that the second phase is the martyrs, those who were martyred by the Catholic Church in that time, which we're going to talk about also. And then there's the third phase is you and me and those of us who are alive in in the flesh will also well we won't ha- we won't taste of death, we will be transformed from the, these corrupt bodies into our immortal bodies in the blink of an eye, as Paul puts it, okay? When mortality must take on immortality and corruption must take on incorruption, and those of us who are privileged to live through these times, so far, so good, Michael, (laughs) we will not taste of death. Now, that'll be very interesting because neither did Elijah and neither did Enoch. They were transformed within their own lifetime, ascended right right to heaven without having to taste of death. Everybody else has to die first, okay? And so that's the resurrection, you know, when the saints come marching in, right? That's the resurrection of the just from the dead, and they will come with Yahshua Messiah at the judgment day to join us who are are not required to die in order to enter the kingdom, all right? So, uh, any, any comment at this point, Michael? Because I've inserted a lot of stuff here <laughs> into this very short uh, doctrine here. No, but I think it's um, not really an. Um, but this with the resurrection, this with the. I think is to getting it. Um, I think one of the key points is also to see the the warning, the chronological warning, how this stuff is happening. But uh, but that um, this is more maybe more general that the book of Revelation is not written in a chronological warning. It goes back and forth in right. subplots, and so it's. Um, I think that is one of the uh, keys also to to understand this uh, uh, this with the millennium fallacy. I think that is also something that's important. But right, right, yeah, and we'll get to that because uh, we're going to uh, resume the the document, uh, the fallacy of millennialism, with the nine points of the 
the, the chronological order in which things are stated, but that doesn't mean they happen in chronological order. And, you know, we'll get to, we'll explain that more thoroughly as we get into the document. Okay. So, so I agree with this author totally that the first resurrection takes place in various stages. And I've tried to identify two or three of those stages, uh, you know, in commenting on it. Jesus Christ himself is the first fruits, 1 Corinthians 15.20, and that's a reference to the Feast of First Fruits, also known as the Wave Sheaf Offering, but it also cites those Israelites who ascended with him on the heels into heaven with him. Okay? So they were the first fruits of Israel. And then there, and also include the, the martyrs, who earned their crowns of glory. That's what the Bible tells us, that they earned their crowns of glory and ascended into heaven with to meet with these other saints, okay? So, and then he says, the first fruits paved the way for the resurrection of all who all Israelites who are faithful to him, not just believe, are faithful to him and obey his laws. There will be the resurrection of the dead in Christ at the Lord's return, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, and the resurrection of the martyrs at the end of the tribulation. All right, there you go. The martyrs, well, I think those martyrs are already in heaven. It's not, they had their own tribulation, okay? That's called the persecution of the so-called heretics by the Catholic Church. That's the period that talks about their heads being chopped off and being burnt at the stake and being martyred. The Old Testament saints will also be raised at the end of the tribulation, and they are also part of the first resurrection. And I disagree with the timing here. The Old Testament saints were resurrected with Yahshua at, when he resurrected. Okay, that's what the, the very meaning of the wave sheaf offering. It, it, it talks about the Israelites that were resurrected with him. And here, let me put this in the chat room because this is really a good article if you, uh, you know, remove the universalistic language from it and make it you know, an Israel, Israel document. Here, I'm going to put this in the chat room real quick. So there it is. And so we're seeing what, what's going on here. Is an, uh, he, he's absolutely correct. The first resurrection takes place in various stages. That's the important concept here. Revelation 20, verses 12 through 13, identifies those comprising the second resurrection as the wicked, judged by God at the great white throne of judgment, prior to being cast into the lake of fire. Okay, Michael, are you aware, you know, because there's this gospel of universal salvation that's being preached by many churches, that everybody gets saved. Uh, no matter no matter how awful sinners they were, have have you come across that in Sweden? This yeah yeah you have okay yeah yeah you also have this yes you said that regardless of what you have done oh he loves you know this love yeah. love this I would say this uh, hippie image of uh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. but he is not he won't be that when he comes back so and same yeah. same when you say that you want to implement God's law and punishment according to it then those people oh no now you're so mean. No, you implement his law. That is what we here to do. Uh, so you also have this, that they are very anti-nominist. They don't believe in the law. They think they can do whatever they want. They can live as a devil and still have 
like Jesus, they say. Right. Yeah. Um, but they don't, because they need to read the whole Bible, not only the New Testament. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, it reminds me of that one toke over the line, sweet Jesus, one toke over the line. So are, are you high on pot and expect to be resurrected while you're high on pot? I don't think so, folks. All right. But no. this is yeah, this is the crazy world we live in where you know anything passes for Christianity. Virtually anything. You can make up whatever doctrine you want and claim it in the name of Jesus and then the the throngs will come flocking to your church as long as you promise them easy salvation, right? The doctrine yes, and, of and, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And money and stuff that you all oh, you're very successful in life. I don't think that is blessings from from above, though. I think that could be blessing from Lucifer, the devil. Right? Yeah, he, yeah. Lucifer blesses those who sell their souls to him, right? And uh, that's what all this temptation is about. So eventually, you will sell your soul to him. And uh, you know what, what, what's the? Uh, oh, who's that British Satanist? He says uh, the, the law consists in one thing: do as thou wilt, right? Yeah, Crowley. 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 Yeah, Alistair Crowley. And, uh, you know, so if that's Luciferianism. That's Satanism, folks. Do as thou wilt and ignore Yahweh's laws. But that's also Judaism. Judaism is simply a sophisticated form of that doctrine of Alistair Crowley. Okay? They just pretend to obey Torah when they're only obeying Talmud, which is their own version of Torah, their own interpretation of Torah, which 99% of the time is the direct opposite of what Torah actually teaches, okay? So, he says, the second resurrection then is the raising of all unbelievers. The second resurrection is connected to the second death. It corresponds with Jesus' teaching of the resurrection of damnation. That is John 5.29. The event which divides the first and second resurrection seems to be the millennial kingdom. The last of the righteous are raised to reign with Christ a thousand years, Revelation 24. But the rest of the dead, that is the wicked, live not again until the thousand years were finished. What great rejoicing will attend to the first resurrection? What great anguish at the second? What a responsibility we have to share the gospel and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, Jude 2, 3. Jude 2, verse 3. Okay, so he doesn't talk about the timing of it, but he talks about how you know the, the, uh, the def- different stages of resurrection, first, second, and possibly even third as we discuss this. Okay, so from our doctrine here, our, uh, our document, and we'll be beginning at the nine points of the chronological order of Revelation 19 and 20, where the beast, the false prophet, and Satan are being judged. Okay, so this is uh, about, uh, it's only about an eighth of the way down, but and, and I know we got a lot, a lot farther than this, but these these nine points are critical to understanding the order in which everything takes place. So, over to you, Michael. Yeah, and now I'm looking a bit to finding those. Oh, okay. <laughs> those nine. Tor- I will, yeah, let's see. Yeah, here's nine points. Okay, I have Okay, it. yes. 
in the beginning. So you have, um, so I will read those nine points. Right. So, like this. Assuming that the events depicted are in strict chronological order, they would occur as such. One, the tribulation and great battle with the beast and false prophets cast into the lake of fire. And there's Revelation 19, verse 19 to 21. Two, the binding and casting into the bottomless pit of the dragon. Revelation 20, verses 1 to 2. Three, the thousand years um, confinement, verses 3. Four, the judgment of, of throne, uh, thrones, thrones uh, verse 4. This is a problem for the chronologically, since the beast was already cast into the lake of fire under uh, item 1. Who or what is being judged here? The same suffering and dying for refusing to worship the beast, which had already been cast into the lake of fire, living and reigning with Christ, pre summary uh, for this same thousand years period. While the dragon is bound, most interpreters assume that um, this reign would be peaceful. But these verses declare the contrary. Rather, the entirety of Revelation 20 verses 4 suggests a victorious struggle, not a thousand years of peace. The word peace does not occur uh, in these verses. A reign can be either peaceful or um, tumultuous. Okay, and we've known that in our history. Uh, if we have a good king, we have a peaceful reign. If we have an evil king, we have a tumultuous reign. Uh, you know, no, no peace, <laughs> put it that way. All right, back yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, number five, the dead in Christ resurrected, verses five. Most interpreters believe that this resurrection will not occur until the judgment day. But we already had the judgment of the beast and false prophets on item 1. 6. The release of the dragon, verses 7, uh, with the at attendant thousand-year reign of Christ coming to an end, verses 5 and 6. 7. The dragon goes out to deceive the nations again and organize the armies of Gog and Magog, which are destroyed in the great battle, verses 8 and 9. 8. The devil, dragon, is cast into the lake of fire, verses 10. 9. The judgment of the living and the dead, verses 11 and 15. And that's the nine point. And as you also point out, if, if we read it in this chronological order, then everything gets very upside down. It's very strange order because, as I say, um, yeah. verse 1 is obviously something that happens lastly. Yeah, uh, I'm just uh, looking at uh, a note that uh, Brother Aber put in. My notes on this passage have restoration, not resurrection. Verse 5 here contains only the words, the first restoration. Resurrection is not the correct word here. In the beginning of verse 5 is an addition to the manuscripts, which, is fo which found its way into certain texts after the 9th century A.D., a Catholic scribe and commentator, Andreas of Caesarea, added it. So, first restoration, 1800s, industrial revolution, population explosion, technology, Christianity exploding, etc., etc. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, I, the the word the words for resurrection and restoration 
may be different, and I ha haven't done that, that word study, so that's a very good point. So I'll have to look that up as well. Thank you, uh, Brother Aber. Okay. So now, of course, my, my main document has disappeared off my screen. Uh, why don't you continue reading from there while I retrieve the document? Okay. Uh, from the same, okay, this with the Ezekiel 38, this part here. This yes. Part. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, I do have Ezekiel 38 ready to go. Okay. So, but go ahead and read that introductory sentence there. Yeah. The problem with this post-tribe chron chronological is that it is contradicted by Ezekiel 38.8, which is very clear in uh, stating that the invasion of Gog and Mega will occur in the latter years. Yes, yes. Okay, this so here... Only Go ahead. ...during a time um, uh, leading up to the Judgment Day. Yes, very good. Okay, so I'm going to read Ezekiel 30... Uh, I'll read the whole chapter because it's a very short chapter. Prophecy against Gog, Ezekiel 38.1. And the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man, son of Adam, rather, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Okay, Michael, is this talking about Russians or Khazars? No, uh, Gog and Magog is uh, for me is the Khazars, not the that, Russians. That's right. That's right. And actually, uh, the Rus the Russians are descended from your people, the Swedes, <laughs> right? Dan, the sweet Dan. Okay, and let's continue. And say, thus saith the Yahweh Elohim, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. This sounds to me like the communist revolution and the expansion of communism from the Soviet Union to the rest of Europe. Okay? With their tanks and armor and all that sort of stuff, right? And that that war is still going on today, folks. It hasn't ended. This is part of the Great Tribulation that we're all experiencing, okay? Today, they're using more subtle tactics, like they're using jabs to kill us and not just tanks and bombs and other implements of war, okay? Verse 5, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them all of them with shield and helmet. All right, so the they have incorporated the whole entire Middle East in fighting against true Israel. True Israel. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma of the north. Now there you're talking the Khazars for sure. The house of Tagarma of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with these. So how about the European Union? Michael, have they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. NATO? Yeah. Sorry for interrupting them. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, please finish your thought and I will comment. Yeah, yeah. And be thou prepared and prepare for thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee and be thou a guard unto them. Now, Chris Pete has done a great job. He's done a, a series, a slideshow called Gog and Magog in which he talks about the battles between true Israel 
and the Khazars, i.e. Gog and Magog, from uh, from the days of the Khazar kingdom up to the very present. So this war has been going on, ladies and gentlemen, for 1,400 years. 1,400 years. It's just a continuation of the enmity between our people and the children of Cain. All right? Now here's the kicker, folks. Here's the verse 8. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think I uh, read 7. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. And here's the kicker, folks. Verse 8. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years you shall come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people, that is the many people of Israel, against the mountains of Israel, which have always been waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall, I have to scroll down here, dwell safely, and thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be a, like a cloud to cover the land. That's communism, folks. Thou and all thy bands with many gods. And, uh, okay, verse 11 is the kicker. Sorry, uh, I, pre- I preempted myself. Thus shall Yahweh Elohim say, It shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. What is this evil thought? It is this. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely. All of them dwelling without walls or having neither bars nor gates. That describes only one nation, folks. That's America. Every other country on the face of the earth has had walled cities at one point or another. America has never had walled cities ever, okay? And we are Israel, not that stinking hellhole in Pal- called Palestine, right? So you have to understand this prophecy, Ezekiel 38, is about Gog and Magog attacking America. We are the last bastion of true Christianity on this planet, and that's why the Jews are trying to destroy the American people with the jab, because nothing else has worked, folks. Yeah, your your thoughts here, Michael? Yeah, but I also this with America. Why? Because if if um, if you in America fall, the rest of us will fall much faster. So you are lifting up the whole world. I would say, yeah. because then everybody will see what evilness they does to us, and then you will keep your guns much harder. Or the other way around, that they do a lot of evil to you when you don't have guns, so then it gets upheaval here. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. I believe that America hosts up the world right now. Yeah, because we have guns and because we have the Constitution, the First and Second Amendment are really the last. You know, if they, they have not, let's put it this way, Michael, the Jews have been unable to dethrone the First and Second Amendments. Okay which guarantees freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and uh, and the right to bear arms, okay? No other country in the world has ever had anything like this, not even Britain. The British people do not have uh, constitutional amendments guaranteeing them freedom of speech and freedom to care, bear arms. Neither does Australia. Neither does Canada, all right? So 
we are the last bastion of freedom in, in the world, and this is what upsets the international Jews so tremendously that they have not been able to topple those two amendments and the Constitution itself. Although they, they are trying, the Jews in Florida are trying to banish the First Amendment, the right of freedom of speech, by declaring any criticism of Jews to be hate speech and uh, imposing criminal penalties for such. Right? They're already doing this the world over. You cannot criticize the Holocaust in any other country without going to jail. That's true. Okay. That is true. They're trying to do the same in the, here in America, but they're meeting tremendous opposition. The Goyim Defense League has been uh, putting flyers out in Florida and California and, and other places around the country exposing the Jewish plan to destroy America, and the Jews are are just up in arms against the, the Goyim Defense League for these flyers. Okay? There's others who are distributing such flyers as well. And the Jews cannot tolerate this because they cannot tolerate being exposed. Right? So America is the place where the Jews will be exposed and are being exposed. And also in Europe as well, because the right-wing nationalists of all countries in Europe are you know, banding together and opposing the Jews as well. So this is it, folks. This is the battle of Armageddon between us and the Khazars. Yeah, and I just want to make some comment, because if we, um, in, um, I think it's Obadiah, then it's also stated that it is that is that Joseph is the one that will be on fire, and that yes. Esau will be as, as, as stubble. So it tells me that it is the world, the America, maybe also England, they, should, they have a very prominent part in this, when I read that prophet, that they are referring to, not not specifically only to Israel, but Joseph is mentioned that his house would be on fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Joseph is is uh, essentially Britain and America, the English speaking yeah. Israelites. Right. The English speaking people also, I guess, also in Australia, because I guess Australia was also like I don't know what to say a, a soft version of uh, America because they had gun rights there too, but they gave they it used away to. for some. Right. Yeah. yeah. They used to, but they gave it away very easily, I think. But. Yeah, they had to turn on their guns after that staged attack at Port Arthur, I believe it was. A completely staged attack uh, done by the international Jew. And it was a mentally incompetent person. And that, that uh, was the end of gun rights in, in Australia. Okay. That's how easily so, this is done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the people are so. <sighs> They watch this damnable tell a lie vision. Right. That's the, this is the, that they, and they believe it. He said, no, we don't believe it. Well, why do you follow it then? Uh, and this was the verse I was looking for in Obadiah 118. So, and the house of Jacob shall be fire, a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, but the house of Esau for stubble, for they shall burn among them, and they shall consume them, so that no survivor is left of the house of Esau. For Yahweh has spoken. Right. Okay. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. So, but the the Judeo Christians don't know anything about Edom. And as a matter of fact, uh, there's a post now on uh, Eurofolk Radio about how the Jews are pretending that we, the white race, are uh, the Amalekites or Amalek, and because uh, you know, we know that. Uh, the Amalekites are Edomites and are actually Jews. 
So they're trying to, because we have been, we have been exposing that the Jews are Amalek. They, they have countered our argument by posting videos that we are Amalek. Okay, so the war of words continues, the war of interpreting prophecy continues, and folks, it's getting easier and easier to expose the Jews for what they really are because it's so obvious that they're behind all of this evil. They control the banks, they control the military, they control the flow of information, and all of it is evil. You know, tell a lie, (laughs) tell a lie vision, right, as you say, Michael. So it's becoming more and more obvious for those of our people who survive this great tribulation. We are in tribulation, folks. There's no doubt about it. It's not coming. It's here, right? And uh, it says, again, what, what the, the Jews always do. They are, they are accusing their enemies of the stuff they are themselves. This chutzpah they have. A lot right. of chutzpah. right. Yeah, they serve it on a platter, right? They serve it on the, their telelive vision every single day. Chutzpah for everybody, right? And boy, what a filthy mess that is. And uh, you know, that includes fake eggs, fake, fake food, right? Uh, chemical poison uh, called food. Uh, they're, they're trying to kill us in oh so many ways. You can't count them all. But it's not working. It hasn't worked yet. Because whenever they try to kill us with a new batch of fake food, then we respond by going more natural, right? It's getting to the point, folks, where we're going to have to grow our own food in our own backyard. Barack Obama even tried to pass a law against that. There's a law against that in Britain as well, okay? So they're trying their damnedest to prevent us from staying healthy and dying with their shots, with their fake food and everything else, right? So... Let me just uh, let me continue this paragraph and take it through the, the one versus two judgments because this is the, the the crux of it all. Are there one? Is there going to be one judgment day or two judgment days? Okay. So, and I just quoted Ezekiel thirty-eight eight through eleven, which is very clear in stating that the invasion of Gog and Magog will occur in the latter years. This can only mean during a time leading up to the Judgment Day. But the great battle had already begun in verses 11 through 21 of chapter 19 of Revelation, with the beast and the false prophet being judged by throwing them into the lake of fire. Okay, now, Michael, have they, are the beast and the false prophet still with us? The beast and the false prophets are still with us. They are not being thrown away. We have yeah. them in the churches. We have them everywhere. We have those, um, what do you say? We have those uh, controlled oppositions and those that right. try to lead people away that want to uh, don't that want to shield the Jews because then they are a false uh, um, and a um, false prophet when they're shielding them. So there are a lot of them left. So no, uh, they are still here. I can yeah. assure, assure you. Yeah, they're still here. And uh, and uh, there so and and the Christians are waiting for the Antichrist to appear. <laughs> no, there's a, this is the Antichrist. The beast and the false prophet is the Antichrist. There's no difference between those two, and both both are led by Jews. You know because the Catholic Church was taken over by the Jews at Vatican II. The character of the Catholic Church changed dramatically at Vatican II. The Catholic Church used to be at odds with Jews on virtually everything. But at Vatican II, 
the Jews now control the Catholic narrative, and everything goes. Anything goes in the Catholic Church, just like it does with Judaism, except for abortion. That's the only that's the only uh, doctrine that they still adhere to. Their Catholic Church is still anti-abortion, but everything else flies in the Catholic Church. Homosexuality flies, multiculturalism flies. Everything else is the same as Judaism. Okay. There is virtually no difference. I guess the I guess the Catholic Church reasoned well. We have to maintain at least one facet of our of our old doctrine, namely anti-abortion. But they abandon everything else. They preach socialism. They they don't object to communism anymore, like they did before Vatican II, etc., etc. The Catholic Church has become a virtual twin of Judaism, with the exception of abortion. That's it. That's it. Okay, so that great battle that we are fighting, we're definitely in the great battle. The battle of Armageddon is here and now, and we are fighting for our lives against the beast and the false prophet. That's, that's totally what's happening right now, okay? And then, then the beast and the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire, all right? And then... Uh, and then what post-tribulation millennials have done is to focus on certain sentences or phrases without paying close attention to the fact that the saints are marked by the beast being beheaded, etc., while Satan was bound, that's in verse 4. Lifting verses out of context is a favorite tactic of naive interpreters, and this is the problem with post-tribulation millennialism. Of course, we teach that the millennium has already passed, it's the thousand years from the 800 AD when Charlemagne pronounced that usury will not be allowed in the Holy Roman Empire to 1800 years later when Napoleon released the Jews from their ghettos and they started practicing uh, lending money to nations again, right? That happened under Napoleon. That this was while Satan was bound, verse 4. Okay, Taking the description from Revelation 19 to Revelation, or sorry, 19:10 to Revelation 20:10 as a cohesive story, we have two possible interpretations. One, there are two judgments with a period of 1,000 years intervening, or there is only one judgment with the events of Revelation 21 through 7 representing a flashback to the days before the great battle between the people of Israel versus Gog and Magog, Revelation 20. 8 through 10. Now, it's obvious to me, as we just talked, Michael, that this great battle between the Jews, Gog and Magog, and us is happening right now. This is the Battle of Armageddon. This is the last battle. Can it get any worse, Michael? Uh, well, <laughs> that's always <laughs> the definition, but of course they can make it, but yeah. Uh, we are in a battle with them, and, and uh, the what to say the weapons we have at our disposal right now is this is the word where we are, and that's we are here. I think we have raised this very big uh, lethal army of billions of um, of soldiers in the digital army to fight wow. oh, all yeah. the lies. And we won't stop until every of their lies has been put to put to dust. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, I know we went further last than this last time. Okay, so let's uh, jump forward here to 
I have I marked the part the judgment day is at hand. Um, okay. That's where I left the marker. Okay. So uh, let me go there, and I'll follow your lead. Uh, please uh, read from there. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and it's also dubbed in the sequel 38A here. Okay. So, uh, the dragon that was banished for a thousand years is the same entity that assembles the armies of Gog and Magog against Shu Israel in the final conflict of Armageddon. Revelation 20, verses 1 to 7. The book of Ezekiel clearly states that this battle will occur, quote, in the latter years, end of quote, Ezekiel 38, verses 8. This means that it will occur before the Day of Judgment. All of the millennialists completely disregard the fact that Gog and Magog are part of the context in Revelations 20, verses 1 to 7. They simply uh, take the thousand years out of this context and project it into the future after the tribulation and judgment. There is no way that all of this history is going to repeat itself a thousand years after it has been accomplished. Yes, okay, so if the beast and false prophet are tossed into the lake of fire from which there is no returning, and the Satan, the dragon, the devil is still around after a thousand years, who is Satan going to use to fight against us? No one is left. Yeah. His army of operatives is gone. Okay, Satan, being a spiritual entity, will have no foot soldiers <laughs> to do battle with us after that thousand years, okay, if their interpretation is correct. So please continue. Yes, thank you. So okay. here is the key to understanding Revelations 19 and 20. Revelation 19, verse 11, begins describing the great battle between Jesus Christ and Satan. The first phase uh, of this great battle ends with the eight beasts and the false prophets being cast into the lake of fire. This means that the world economy has collapsed and the denominational world of Judeo-Christianity has also collapsed. They are gone, out of business. But Satan is still alive and he sees only one hope for himself. And that is to organize Gog and Magog against Christian America, which has always been the great stumbling block before him. This is what Revelations 20 is all about. It is phase two of the Battle of Armageddon. It is a fact that the Zionists have been propping up China since the 1970s. The international corporations have been exporting jobs to China and to other third world countries in order to avoid paying the high wages demands by American workers. The internationalists have sold this policy to the world by calling it free trade. In reality, free trade has been the vehicle for destroying American economy in favor of doing business with cheap labor markets in other countries. Okay, so the part of the Battle of Armageddon is economic. Right? They don't leave any stone uh, unturned. They will use every trick in the book to try to overthrow America. Back to you. Yeah, and here we see, as you say also, we see that this uh, 
war is going on on multiple different uh, levels, different uh, arenas and, and levels. Yeah, what it allows uh, to say the first uh, tactic of war is deception, <laughs> right? Deception. Okay, and uh, the enemy uh, is all has already pulled many decept- deceptive tricks on us before the actual invasion. And you know, I, I think, Michael, that it's going to have to happen. The international Jew is going to have to invade America with troops because nothing else will work. And that will be the last gasp of the international Jew to overthrow America. But then he faces the Second Amendment army, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, they, you know, also, let me put it this way. Let me remind the international Jew, because I know they're listening to us, that we beat them in the American Revolution, we beat them in the War of 1812, and we're going to beat them in the Battle of Armageddon. This will be their last. Three strikes and you're out. That's that's the rules of baseball. And once we beat you the third time, it's over for you. It's all over for you, Gog and Magog. All right, back to you. Yeah, uh, but that's a batch of all, I guess, when you're listening in. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so the Zionists have always wanted to destroy America because we were founded as a Christian nation. Free trade is the technique by which Mystery Babylon has been destroying America while simultaneously profiting from the cheap labor markets. But their insufferable greed has led to a collapse of the world economy. They fully expected to keep the economies of the East and Europe afloat while they were deliberately destroying ours. But America's economy turned out to be bigger than them. The Zionists have been uh, stabbing us and stabbing us and stabbing us. But America refused to die. (laughs) Why Um, won't you die, damn it? Die, damn it, die! And we won't die. Right? Yeah, and they also made... (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they also waged this other, I think, also against you. Because you also have uh, this tremendous depth that has been accumulated by the international bankers. This Fed has done. So that's also kind of one way. Have started with, yeah, yeah. And, uh, no matter how much they inflate the economy, the American people re- refuse to stop working. You know, small business is always what has driven the American economy, not the corporations. The corporations take over what small business starts, but we keep on inventing new ways to make money, right? <laughs> And they can't stop the, the Anglo-Saxon people from inventing new inventions, right? And new ways to do business, despite everything they have thrown at us, uh, including, like in your country, they have uh, created a cashless society, right? Yep. No, yep. Nobody, yeah. But, but we have not fallen for that trick yet, okay? Uh, they, they did this in Nigeria, I read an article in Nigeria that the Nigerian economy has totally collapsed because, well, number one, it's too poor. Not everybody in Nigeria has credit cards, right? (laughs) And it's not going well. The cashless society is not going well in Nigeria. And I remember very clearly when 2020, when they first started the lockdowns, I went to an anti-lockdown rally in downtown Chicago. And it was very good. It was very well attended by patriots. But after that rally, 
I tried to buy a cup of coffee. And the only stores that were open downtown, this was a Sunday, the only stores open downtown said you cannot pay with cash. You have to have a credit card or a debit card. Or what we have now, of course, is the app on your phone. I think they had the phone apps already then as well. Or you had to have the implant, <laughs> right? And I said, oh, okay, I can do without coffee. I'll just go into one of these local uh, buildings. They had a lot of these buildings downtown are open for business. And even though you can't use cash, at least they have bathrooms because I had to go to the bathroom. So I used the bathroom in the basement of one of the downtown buildings where they also have little stores and shops open. But so I said, okay, I'm going home. I'm going to get on the bus and go home. I'm tired of this, right? So they have tried every trick in the book, but those businesses now accept cash again, right? Because our people refuse to go cashless, right? So the rest of the world will be going cashless, but we won't because the American economy is just too big. Our economy, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is good. In the meantime, the Chinese economy has collapsed. Right? So, uh, and I found out uh, recently that uh, Denmark is actually the number one producer of not chips, computer chips, but the machines that create computer chips. And there's only one company in the world that has the, makes the machines that produce these chips, and that's in Denmark, right? And so the Jews need these computer chips, the Chinese need these computer chips, or these machines, rather, that make computer chips. So does everybody else in the world, okay? So the white man is controlling this technology still, all right? So what are they going to do? They're going to bomb Denmark and then destroy the company that makes these uh, machines, no, the world relies on these machines, and Denmark, this one company in Denmark, is the only place in the world where these machines are made, okay? So we still control the technology. It's our brains, our Aryan brains and technology that still make the world run, okay, despite the attempts of the international bankers to control it. They're still not in total control, folks. That's really good news. Back to you, Michael. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah, but this that's also very good because I guess their system they want to implement um, uh, yeah. this uh, this universal cashless society is, is right. I th- I don't know if it is true, but could it be that they need basically the whole world to be cashless to implement it? That's right. Because it should be universal. Yeah, the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency, has been implemented in Nigeria, but only half the people in Nigeria have credit cards and debit cards. They, they rely on ha- welfare handouts from the government, and but th- the stores won't accept whatever handouts they get from the government, and they can't buy, fo- they can't buy food. They can't pay their rent. You know, because the, Nigeria is too poor a country. It's not fully digitalized, right? <laughs> Even though America is fully digitalized, Americans still don't like the idea of a cashless society, and we're not going for it. We'll see how it works out if they try to force it on us. I don't think it's going to work because the local economies are too big. 
uh, even small town America, you know, we, we can just start bartering with one another. They can't ram this down our throats because there's too many aware white people, too many aware identians here that we we will not comply. Right? You've heard that expression, we will not comply. It began with the lockdown. We will not comply. Back to you. Yeah, thank you. And okay. yeah, I think I hope that is uh, uh, encouraging that not all is falling for this cashless stuff. Because here in Sweden, they are, oh, yeah, come on. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. They fall for this. That is easy. But I think this will say, isn't it said that... Uh, the road to hell is paid with uh, um, convenience. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> and the corpses of the, those who cooperate with the devil. Yeah, that will come also. But this is also, they make it so easy. So, I mean, I don't use those application. I try to use as much cash, cash as I can. But some part I'm pretty stuck, unfortunately, just to using uh, yeah. yeah, like the credit cards or the your cards, but still. Uh, yeah. And then if you don't use uh, different applications, you get asked, well, why don't you use that? It's faster, it's better. For yeah. example, parking. That's a typical one that I get asked about. But no, I don't. I don't use it. Yeah, very good. And very good. Getting this, uh, um, this yeah. easy stuff. This is that is so easy. This is um, convenient to use it. Then all right. those having it on your phone or having your card on your phone and all this. I, I don't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's all, you know, because whenever the government tries to force a change in the economy, it always creates a black market. Okay. And I'll bet the U.S. dollar is still being circulated in, in Sweden for various purposes and your home uh, uh, currency. Does the gov government of Sweden still print money? Or no? Yeah, they, we have, yeah, they have cash, but it's so small part in Swedish economy. I don't okay. know if it's 10% or 1% of the total money, but it's ridiculously low in Sweden. Yes, yes. Well, because I know uh, in my trips to communist Hungary, because I have relatives in a small town outside of Budapest called Weindorf, that uh, when they were rationing gasoline in communist Hungary, it was difficult for us to drive from Vienna. You know, it's a short trip. It's uh, only, I think, 100 kilometers, not much more, from Vienna to Budapest on Highway 1 in Hungary. And if you had to stop and buy gas, you were limited as to the number of gallons you could buy, Right. So, or I'm sorry, leaders. <laughs> it's leaders in Europe. So anyway, uh, so I had a, a, an acquaintance in, outside of Budapest who was engaged in the black market economy, and he had store he had stored five gallon cans of gasoline in his garage, and he said, "No problem, brother." Yeah. I'll give you this gas for free. I said, thank you very much. And I was able to proceed uh, through Hungary to my destination because I was going to Romania as well. So, yeah, there's always a way around. And guess what? The communists themselves run the black market because they're skimming off the top and making money off the black market. Don't you know? That's how the Jews operate. Back to you, Michael. Yeah, so that sounds some least pro uh, promising in a way that the, that you have some kind of cash society still yes. here in existence. 
because they need to have it, I guess, also for their black market uh, yeah. um, activities with drugs, with uh, all this other kind of stuff. There you go. Buy- yeah, yeah. try buying your cocaine with a CBDC, <laughs> right? It won't go because then they're chance. That's why. Fat chance, right? So the cash is not going away because of their own black market, right? The, okay. Doesn't the, does the Bible say that the CBDCs will be tossed out into the streets and be of no value? I uh, maybe say gold and silver won't buy them anything, so they throw that. But that could be reference to the currencies people have. They believe the currency gives them so much power. That I guess that's something typical of the also the white when they have a lot of money. They think, yes, that, oh, that's my protection. Yes. I don't. I, nothing can happen to me. This, but they also said in the Bible, in their mind, there is a castle. In their yeah. mind, but it's not. That is what you, that's, I think, what is, is said then. Yes. When they yes. say in their mind, they have a castle around them. Yeah. Yeah. Freebird says, they missed me when they were handing out white privilege. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have any of that either. I work hard and pay taxes. Right? And the Social yeah. Security I get is from the hard work that I did. Right? We never had white privilege. Yeah, where where does that come from? I've never seen that. I'll bet you've never no. seen any of that either, Michael. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, this struggles. You have a lot of struggles, a lot of stuff. So come on. There was no privilege here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work, yeah, Swampock says, where would the CIA get its black bag money if not from drug sales, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not going away. It's just for the saps who play along, again, they could get you to play along by saying, oh, well, yeah. Well, you just said it earlier. The, uh, the, the, uh, the black, uh, black ops or the, the, the global Jewish economy is being sold by convenience. Okay, It's just going to be so much more convenience to use your credit card, your debit card, or the plant that's been in, uh, implant, <laughs> implant that's been put underneath your skin. It's so much more convenient, isn't it, Michael? Convenience. All right? Yeah. And when you say that, I can uh, can allude to now myself when I was supposed to filling up my car and just using with cash. And then they made it very now. You have to go into the, um, go into the, what say, the shop for the petrol and then say, I want to use um, say um, $100 for filling up the car. And then right. you get a little no, a little, a little, yeah, a little paper where it's a code you have to put in into the machine now to be able to <laughs> fill up the car. So right. they make it very complicated to doing, to doing this now. They want to make yeah. it more convenient to use the cards. Yes. But that convenience comes at a higher price, does it not? Yeah, it will. It will have consequence because people can ignore the truth all day long, but they cannot yeah. ignore the consequence of ignoring it. Yeah. So that article I read about the uh, CBDCs not working uh, very well in Nigeria showed long lines of black people trying to get money out of the bank, which they couldn't. They couldn't get their money out of the bank. Why? It was limited to like $100 a month. So what if you have an emergency and you have to take your child to the hospital? Yeah, you are screwed. Yeah, that's right. CBC, 
is not going to work, folks. It, 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 it will work in advanced c- countries where wherever you go, you can use a not just a turnstile, but uh, you know an electronic uh, checkout, right? If they have an electronic checkout, but not all businesses have that. There are still when I go down to southern Missouri, there are still gas stations that will only accept cash, <laughs> right? Okay, so why? Well, because they lose money when you, they use credit cards. Yeah, they, they have a fee, I guess. Yeah, three percent fee. And uh, those those uh, rednecks down there don't like it when they're robbed of 3% of their income, right? <laughs> okay? So, yeah, it's very interesting, folks, how all this is going to pan out or not pan out. You know, the, that pancake, that the, that batter they throw in the pancake pan is, is not cooking very well. It's burning on one side <laughs> and it's soft on the top. Uh, an unturned, what's the expression? I know uh, Brother Abair knows it very well. The the unturned pancake, you know, it's it's burnt on the bottom and raw on the top, right? That's where it is, folks. Back to you, Michael. This is getting very interesting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because we are the stone kingdom prophesied in Isaiah, which cannot be destroyed. That is Isaiah 27 on to 29, especially 28 verses 14 to 19. And that stone or rock is Jesus Christ. And no power on earth can defeat Jesus Christ. Now, a world economic collapse has been predicted by the increasing va- valuelessness of the Federal Reserve note, which has been the worst currency uh, since the end of World War II. Yeah, and now it's, uh, the economy is getting even worse because they raised interest rates. Uh, home buyers, especially young home buyers, young couples who want to buy a home and raise a family, it's six percent went up from under one percent. Now it's six percent. That f- totally freezes them out of the market, and so home building has dropped precipitously because they, there are no buyers. So that that's good for those who want to buy or sell a home that's already built, right? If you find a buyer who can afford a 6% loan or a buyer who has cash and doesn't have to make a loan or get a loan, okay? So that's going to slow down the economy too. Well, they're slowing it down deliberately because they want to pauperize the American people and the world, okay? I understand the interest rates have gone up in your country too. Yeah, same here. Yeah, okay. We're doing the same. So this is, yeah. I guess, also as... as um, our friend Fritschoff is saying that this is an end of a, of a monetary cycle. So every time when a monetary cycle ends, what do we get? A war. collapse. Right. Yeah, war. Yeah. Collapse followed by war. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because the war should cover that collapse to get the attention on something else than that the economic right. system has collapsed because yeah. of their misdeeds. Well, that's how the economy of America was restarted. You know, the uh, Great Depression in America was just going on and on and on until World War II started. All of a sudden, there was money to be had everywhere. Right? Because the bankers yeah. started pouring money into the economy to get the machinery running again. Right? That's, what the, that's how that works. All right. Let's continue. So, 
So this is how the beast and the false prophet system are collapsing. They're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. They haven't been thrown into the lake of fire, but we're describing how this collapse occurs because really what it is, is as they try to destroy America and the white race, their own economy can only collapse, right? They can't count on China anymore. They can't count on the third world to produce goods by which they need to operate their own economy, you know, their their own Jewish economy. And what's happening also in uh, Ukraine, well, yeah, okay, you, you're financing all these tanks and planes and you're ordering, you know, uh, we- weapons of war from Britain and Denmark and uh, uh, Sweden, etc. I, I understand Sweden is really a big uh, p- provider of arms for the, you know, the war against Russia in Ukraine, right? So yeah. but what does this, what does this produce? It doesn't produce anything except hell on earth. No, but I guess it also would then be that, the, okay, the stuff they gave away, the old stuff, they have to buy new stuff. So they try to um, do weapon makers. And here in Sweden, the big weapon maker is called Wallenberg. The family Wallenberg is a big oh, yeah. one into weaponry. And they're Jews, aren't they? Oh, yeah, for sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't have their little bank in the right. system. Otherwise, I can't imagine something else. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so every trick that they're trying to pull against us has a red, ta- you know, red tape attached to it that they really can't easily accommodate. So every time they try to slow down the economy to, to kill us and destroy us, it aff- actually affects them. There's always a, how, how should I, a flashback, latchback. Well, what's the proper term? Uh, a backlash. There's always an uh, unanticipated backlash upon the, those who are, trying to manipulate the economy, okay? That's what's happening right now. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Okay, so Mr. Babylon has used the Federal Reserve System to finance its world empire. This has been accomplished by simply creating money and spending it in forging markets. But this process is highly inflationary. Today, foreigners no longer willing to accept Federal Reserve notes as currency. In effect, the Rothschilds have shoot themselves in the foot. Just as their world empire is about to be realized, their currency du jour is collapsing. And the Arabs and Chinese are no longer willing to accept uh, FNRs in exchange uh, for their oil. I suspect that the Rothschilds are secretly giving the Chinese gold or other currencies since China will no longer do business in uh, FNRs. FRNs, uh, uh, Federal Reserve Notes, FRNs. Yeah. This would explain why the price of gold is being kept artificially low. During the Great Depression, the Rothschild had Federal Dictator Rosenfeld confiscate America's gold and artificially lower its price so they could buy it back cheap. That is, the Jewish bankers could, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Control of global market is also why the Zionists must defeat the Muslim nations, such as Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, and there we have two of them have fallen, Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, right. And etc. I believe Syria and Iran is the only one that is still... That's right. Yeah, That's the only struggling one left. Along. Yeah. Uh, the people of America falsely blame Reagan 
Bush, Clinton and Bush for all this turmoil. But now they are finally beginning to see that it is Mr. Babylon. The sign is the natural. That is the true culprit. And a question here, Yael, I know that um, uh, the, um, the American people has, uh, are losing their, what to say, faith, their, their yeah. trust in the Israeli nation. Yeah. Is that uh, still going on? That this, this willingly to give them money, to help them, has that still, is that still declining in America? Uh, oh, uh, for, oh, for sure. Yeah, in addition to uh, lack of trust in the government, just about everybody I talk to that's not a Democrat <laughs> knows that Biden stole the election. He stole that election, and every everybody knows it. It's only the Democrats who still believe that it was a fair election. Guess what? Even in Chicago, Lori Ledfoot lost the election. She is no longer mayor of Chicago. So even Democrats are becoming disillusioned. And there's a black guy and a white guy running for mayor of Chicago. Go, white guy! <laughs> Go, white guy! He's got running on a law and order platform, would you believe? That is some promises, yes. Yes, that's promising. Okay. So, and, and, and Lori Lightfoot was a dyed-in-the-wool uh, globalist, 100%, in lockstep with the Rothschilds, okay? So this is really good news for the city of Chicago. Maybe I'll move back. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right, back to you. But is there any now, I don't know, use the word handlers in Chicago? Because oh, yeah. Because I guess this had to be some more local, very rich family, Jewish family that is oh, handling of course. the politics somehow. No doubt about it. No doubt. Well, Lori Lightfoot's husband is a transgender Jewish male. Oh, so does a, is he a wife or a husband? I don't know. <laughs> right? He's, he is a transgender Jewish male. Or maybe it's a transgender Jewish female that's taken hormones to look like a man. I'm not sure which, but I've seen the photographs of this creature, and it is ugliness personified. Back to you. Yeah, hideous, I think. Yes, hideous. Yes, right. Okay, so... America has been unwittingly uh, complicit in this process. And that is why the world has come to hate us as a nation, even though most of the free world understand that it isn't the American people who are the warmongers. It is international corporations and bankers who are the real warmongers. And only those who are utterly uh, uh, dense fail to comprehend this. This includes the Christian Zionists on the right and the deluded liberals on the left still believe that the UN is the world's only hope for world peace. Yeah, right. And to say here in, in Sweden, we have the on the left, we have the still the social democrats and the communists. They are on the left yeah. part that are fooled by this. And then on, I don't know what to say, on the right, but they're not right. The right, the liberals is not right. On That's the right, right. They, are, they are communist, uh, but they don't know it. So yes. This, yes. That's my my take on it. Yeah. Well, do they support the United Nations and the European Union and NATO? Of course. Yes. All this is yeah. this is manipulated by by the by the uh, behind the scene by Wallenberg. Barry. Yeah. Now, isn't it interesting that all these liberals who should know better uh, have always opposed the power of the big corporations 
don't they see that the big corporations, especially the banking corporations, are their enemy? If they really believe that, uh, really oppose fascism, don't they see that? Uh, they, they don't seem to see it. They, no. they, I don't know. This, this also when you can speak with those socialists or communists, they believe that the communist uh, is sometimes something good. And I say, no, it's not. But they have been fooled by this. When you take up example with Stalin, they, they then start this de-Stalinification was also kind of um, a way to not criticizing the uh, the what to say the meth the the system of communists, but more Stalin per se. He was like a, the black goat, the black goat. So, okay, he was the wrong one. Now we have some new, better ways of communists, but no, this uh, anti-communist should be that because it's against the whole system, the whole political view. That is the one that is important. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, well, communism is an internationalist organization, also. So, so is Zionism. Okay, so is international corporate corporatism, for lack of a better term. So, the uh, the communists and the liberals and the socialists are in lockstep with the global corporations and the bankers, whether they like it or not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they are, and that is the one I need to reach to those. I have some sometimes some discussion with those that are on the left, just because some of them are truly open, open minded, and truly listen. And this okay. is uh, the one I try to get to our show. He is like that. He is very okay, very good. So that yes. would be very good. But that's why I said I, I don't believe you really are a communist because how open minded you are. There's I can't I can't buy that. I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your mind is only as open as the television set will allow it to be. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're just not oh, very yeah. open. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Let's continue. Yeah. So these people still believe in the old-fashioned left versus right stage play that is continually acted out by the Rush Limbaugh, uh, Sean Hannitis, and Alan Dershowitz of the kosher press. The reality is that both the Democrats and the Republicans are pro-Zionist in all of their policies. There is absolutely no difference between these two parties when it comes to Mr. Babylon. Mr. Babylon owns them. Lock, stock, and barrel. Yes, amen to that. Mm -hmm. The left versus right debate is a comic sideshow, which goes to extraordinary length to avoid the subject of Zionist influence in American economy and politics. Just like the Academy Awards. <laughs> that entire movie industry is run by Jews. And they hand out the awards to their actors and actresses, right? Like they hand out these awards to their politicians. Yeah, and same in all this. Also, that's also because they, as you said up here, the one that is this right and left. And I would also want to put in. Also, we have a lot, I believe, and I think I've seen that also now in the um, here in Sweden too. A lot of controlled oppositions that has right. been created, trying to keep the door to know who is doing this. So this is just leading people away. So yeah. a lot of those also uh, controlled oppositions. Yes. So. Uh, those who believed that Trump was a savior because he was a Republican or quote-unquote true conservative have been thoroughly disillusioned by him. Yeah, he was, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was phony. Yeah. When I saw him go to Israel, put on that yarmulke, and bang his head against the wailing wall, I knew there was no hope. <laughs> Then, when I saw Fauci and uh, Deborah Burks 
on the uh, podium with with uh, Trump and fast tracking the COVID nonsense. I knew that he, Trump was an absolute phony, absolute phony. He was not on our side. He was with the deep state, with the internationalists, because that's what the internationalists wanted was COVID. Okay. Yeah, that's All what right? they wanted. Yeah, that was trial first, and they would come again. Unfortunately. That's right. Yeah. In fact, uh, I just uh, did an article because we only have about five minutes left that uh, the deep state is intending on doing another round of uh, COVID injections in Britain. So British people need to get ready because it's coming again. Uh, Some kind of experiment in Britain. So, you know, they've killed so many people in the nursing homes, in the old people's homes, and in the hospitals, and now injecting babies who never have been a threat of getting COVID ever, right? So it's amazing to me that anybody still believes in the jab. You know, uh, you know. and of course, when I wrote this in around 2010 or maybe earlier, it never occurred to me that they would use you know, medicine, although I was aware and Doc Waterman and I had done a number of shows on how the you know the globalists are trying to implement forced vaccination. They tried to make it by forcing the hospital workers into accepting the jab and various fake pandemics, you know, MERS, uh, the rat flu, swine flu, all that all that stuff, bird flu. They tried to get the medical personnel to buy into these, the necessity of these vaccinations. But it was the med- medical personnel themselves who rejected it, okay? So now, with COVID, they tried to use force. They made it mandatory. Otherwise, you lose your job, you lose your pension, and your family will hate you, your friends and relatives will hate you. Yeah, this is coercion, folks, because... It didn't work for voluntarily. It simply didn't work that way. So, and then when I realized that they're going to try to force it on us, well, yeah, and boy, we've we've been seeing how medical personnel have been turned 180 degrees because their jobs and livelihoods and pensions are at stake. Yeah, okay, we'll 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 jab you, we'll jab you. So all those good people have turned bad by coercion. That's how it works, folks. Yeah. And so I'm sure the same thing happened you know, in Sweden. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same, but in Sweden it's so ridiculous how they follow as a day. Yeah. The, the coercion is so easy. You'll say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you need to travel. I mean, this, this is just soft blackmailing. And it didn't yeah. take anything more. And then they just run down there because, oh, they want to still have fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so here I made another prediction. As world economic conditions continue to deteriorate, the masses will finally begin to realize that it is the Zionist tail that is wagging the American dog. Right? If the American yeah. conservatives don't quite get it that it's the Zionist tail and not just the deep state tail or the globalist tail, they're, everybody, I mean, there's so many commentators out there right now who are using the term deep state 
And they're not talking yet about Zionism, although some are, okay? But they're so close to saying the word J-E-W in their critiques of globalism and COVID, etc., that we're almost there. We're almost there, Michael. It's getting really close, okay? So uh, only five years ago, the term deep state was being mocked by the mass media. No, there's no such thing as a deep state. Uh, The government is all above board. The corporations are honest and good, blah, blah, blah. All right? Nobody believes that anymore except those Democrats who get paid by their party to, to be loyal voters for the Democratic Party. That's it. Yes. Okay. And I had, um, I had some uh, meme for those people, those people that, that, seems to, um, that seems to buy. I think I have the time to read it before because it was pretty good. A complicity theorist. I think that right. was good. There you go. Complicity theory. Very good. I like that. All right. We'll have to examine that next week. Thanks for bringing it up. Thank you all for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. And the global lockdown isn't going too well, is it, folks? Thank Yahweh for that. Thank the First and Second Amendment. And thank you, Yahshua Messiah, for for, for creating that kingdom that can never be destroyed. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. And I think uh, Pastor Martins will be available today. Okay. Bye-bye. Wait.